it's long been thought of as a rougher second choice to the elegant Scottish capital of Edinburgh. But Glasgow has been the economic engine of Scotland since the Industrial Revolution first blackened its skies. It was also home to major figures in the Scottish Enlightenment and a key shipping port for clipper ships to America. Today, its post-industrial era vibe, renovated waterfront, and fanatic sports fans makes Glasgow a city worth getting to know. To help us better appreciate Glasgow, we're joined now on Travel with Rick Steves by Elizabeth Lister. Liz lives a little northeast in the town of Fife and co-hosts the Scottish Blethers podcast when she's not leading tours. Colin Mares grew up in Glasgow. He divides his time now between Scotland and New Zealand. There's reverse seasons for winter, you know. And he proudly wears the family tartan kilt when leading visitors around his homeland. Colin, Liz, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. So, Colin, mm-hmm. you been in Glasgow all your life. Why all of a sudden are people taking Glasgow so seriously as far as American tourism goes anyways? Well, Glasgow's really a, a hip and happening city. Yeah. Uh, Edinburgh is the obvious tourist city and you've got all the things right there on your plate when you go to visit Edinburgh. But Glasgow, you've got to scratch the surface and then you really get to find some of the real It's a little rough Scotland, I think. Um, it has a rough reputation, but with that roughness also comes a friendliness it's uh, people that are hard-working people and they've had a hard past. They've been, it's been an industrial city. Now it's come through that and it's got that, that gritty vibe and it's, it's cool. Liz, I think of you more in the Edinburgh area. Uh, how would you compare Edinburgh and Glasgow? Well, although it's more the Edinburgh area that I focus on now, when I was growing up, my grandparents lived just outside Glasgow. So much of my young, early years were Glasgow. I think Glasgow's famous for the Glasgow humour, the Glasgow patter. Mm. Patter. Patter. Okay. Yeah. Um, whereas Edinburgh is much more refined. You can uh, psychoanalyse it a little bit. If I, I think a, a person in uh, Glasgow would brag about what, what soccer team they relate to, and in Edinburgh, what would they? They talk about which school they've got the children signed <laughs> which up Which school to. they've got the kids signed yeah. up for. But these are very much stereotypes. We have yeah. to realise that Glasgow is made up of many, many districts and areas, as is Edinburgh. Yeah. So the overarching stereotype is that Edinburgh is a much wealthier city. But Glasgow, a merchant city, a lot of wealth. They say Glaswegians wear their wealth on their back. You know, so they're very much into their bling and their fancy mm-hmm. clothes. Whereas that's Edinburgh, true. they're much more about um, saving up for the kids' education. Mm. Oh, now that's interesting. Well, well, Edinburgh has the uh, the bank and the government and, and lots of important institutions. But mm. Colin, Glasgow, how, how powerful was the uh, shipyards on the River Clyde in Glasgow at its peak? Uh, once upon a time, it was, I think, 50% of the world's ocean-going ships were Something like that, a huge percent of yeah. the ships at sea were all coming from Glasgow. Yeah, Clyde built was the Clyde is the river. Clyde built. And that meant that was a sign of quality ships if it was Clyde so built. So when, when we talk about the character of the Glaswegians, what's an example of some of the colour or the character of the people of Glasgow? Well, we do like to say that in Glasgow you'll have a better time at a funeral than you'll have at a wedding in Edinburgh. Well, that really <laughs> says <laughs> it. <laughs> That's we, not... we know how to... Make the make the best of a of a bad situation. Not a good well, situation, it's but. A, you know, there's a lot of rust belt cities yeah. that were industrial powerhouses that hit the yeah. doldrums, and now they're coming back. Yeah. and it's it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. And there's some great new museums in Glasgow, uh, yeah. new cultural attractions, uh, yeah. the West End, full of uh, places to eat and, and and lively evening entertainment. So. Yeah, so Glasgow's also a UNESCO city of music. Edinburgh is a UNESCO city of literature, and so Edinburgh is maybe a little bit more bookish, whereas Glasgow is hip and happening and 
the music vibe is you're hearing music all throughout the city. I can hear a little bit of a, a difference in your dialects. Uh, Liz, how do you characterize the dialect between Glasgow and Edinburgh? Well, as I say, Glasgow is famous for the Glasgow patter. If you are visiting Glasgow, they'll understand what you're saying because they're used to films and television. When you try to interpret the Glasgow dialect, it can be very difficult. There's very distinct dialect. A Glaswegian is called a Ouija, and Ouija is both a noun and an adjective. So our bus driver, one of our bus drivers I work with, is called Ouija John because he's a Glaswegian. Now, John is broad, broad Glasgow dialect. And so I have one occasion where I'm sitting at dinner with John and I tend to just go into the local vernacular and uh, my tour members are sitting watching and when John gets up and leaves and they say, were you speaking Gaelic, Liz? (laughs) (laughs) And you're speaking English. I'm speaking English. Uh, So they have a tendency to reduce expressions to one word. Uh, So if a a Glaswegian or a Ouija wants to ask you how you are, they'll say, all right, that's how are you. Ah, Are you all right? Are you all right? All right. All right. right. How's it going? And then they tend (laughs) to add on some sort of physical characteristic like, all right, big man. (laughs) All right, wee man. (laughs) And then you have other ones like Giza. What would that be? So that's give me a, which goes to give us a, which gives Giza. Yeah. So then they'll run it together to give you gonna Giza a swally of your ginger. And what is that? Are you going to gonna Giza give us swallow? And in Glasgow, they don't call soda, soda or lemonade. They call it either ginger or juice. So are you going to give us a, a swallow of your soda pop? Are you going to give us a drink of your soda pop? <laughs> and say it again in Glaswegian. <laughs> going to give us a swallow of your ginger. You sound like you have fun saying that. <laughs> I do, I from. love it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an example of Glasgow humour. They are yeah. famous for it. They're voted the friendliest people in the world. You know, it doesn't surprise me. I had a great time when I was in Glasgow, and I've been in Glasgow with both of you. And, and uh, Colin, last time we were in Glasgow, uh, you made a point about the... Um, the enthusiasm of the uh, soccer fans Mm -hmm. and and how it's two sort of... I mean, things are changing, of course, but Mm. if you go historically, there's two rival teams that Glaswegians uh, ally themselves with, one or the other. Do a little psychoanalysis, uh, socioeconomic. So the two big soccer teams are Rangers and Celtic. Uh Generally, the people that follow Rangers, they'll be of a Protestant background, and then Uh the uh, Celtic are generally Catholic. So I actually started off with uh, Celtic were founded by an Irish Catholic priest. He was trying to raise money for the poor immigrants that moved to the east end of Glasgow, uh-huh. uh, Catholic from, from Ireland. And so Rangers were founded with no religious bias, but then because all the Catholics in Glasgow started to support Celtic, all the Protestants started to support oh, Rangers. Oh, so by default, uh, they'll, they'll support the team that's not the Catholic favourite. Yeah, yeah, so they have their tribal tribal rivalry, really. So there is a socioeconomic uh, history about that, kind of like the maybe the Mets and the Dodgers or something like that in New York. I don't know. But uh, you've got colors, right? So yeah. which, which are the colors of which so Celtic are green and white, and Rangers are red, white, and blue. So if you're wearing green, you might not be comfortable in certain pubs. Uh, yeah, you'll see it in pubs. Uh, when you go in the door, it says no football colors, or something that'll just say no colors. No colors. And you think, what's that mean? But it's meaning football colors. You can't wear the football jersey or a scarf or anything. And, and why would a pub. publican not want colors? Because it can start a fight. It can start a fight. Yeah. A couple of beers, somebody says something yeah. wrong, and you no, got, you got yeah. a brawl. No, yeah. no, it's not even getting to the stage of a couple of beers. If you walk down the street in green in a blue area, you'll be in trouble. Serious? It's mm. the equivalent of gangs. Again, you know, you, you talk there about it being socioeconomic. It's not just in the lower levels of society. It's right through society, you know, right up to the highest mm. level. There is tribal. And is it tribal for the football team or is the football team the, the, the top layer of a deeper loyalty? 
it's got the religious connections, but I'm sure that most of the people that really get angry and violent about it, I don't think they're going to church on a Sunday morning. No, because <laughs> so like I've seen tribal the fo- the Irish football stadiums. Their church. I've seen tribal Irish culture mm. at, at concerts in the United States, right. and it's uh, there's just this guttural, deep down loyalty to mm-hmm. my heritage, and you might not even know why. Mm-hmm. And also. If you appreciate that Glasgow, because it's a large industrial or was a large manufacturing centre, over half the population of Scotland lived within a 50-mile radius of it. So you do have that factory background. Exactly, and And you also have a lot of poverty. So although there's poverty distributed across Scotland, Mm -hmm. there are pockets of the most severe deprivation. Mm -hmm. And so football gives an escape. So football can be tribal as in yeah. gangs are tribal. That's right. Yeah. And it goes back to your dad was a hard-working, downtrodden mm-hmm. factory worker. The factory went out. Your family was without money. Mm-hmm. It was, they happened to be Catholics and the yeah. big boss yeah. was and Protestant. And generally you're born into, you're born into the football yeah. team. You don't choose it. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Liz Lister and Cullen Mayers. And we're talking about Glasgow and what's going on. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Bob's on the line from Vancouver, Washington. Bob, thanks for your call. Thank you, Rick. Glad to be with you. Yeah, what are your thoughts about Glasgow? My wife and I had a great time there. We happened to have a few days between a visit to Sicily and then when we had to be in Edinburgh to uh, attend a wedding. And so we decided that we'd take those few days and go see Glasgow and try and enjoy some music. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we liked was it's really easy to get around there. We stayed out in the Bella Houston neighborhood and we're able to walk to the Rennie McIntosh House for an Art Lover, which is an incredible place. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. We were a 10-minute walk from the train, and then we also used the First Bus app on our phones. We just uh, bought a pass that was appropriate for the time that we'd be there, and it was just hop on the bus, scan the um, barcode on our phone, and we got all over the place. So you bought an app on your phone, essentially paying for a bus pass, and then you just uh, showed the barcode whenever you got onto any public transit. Mm-hmm. That's great, yeah. So, that's yeah, a... so the, yeah, the app was free. We just chose which pass we wanted. And then mm-hmm. on the app, there's also bus schedules and other information. Yeah, the all-day all ticket for the first buses. I say that with, with an all-day ticket, Glasgow's your oyster. That's a great thing, and that's a real mark of... I think that's a mark of a good traveler that mm. commits themselves to public transit nowadays that also is mobile-capable uh, mm. uh, because so much is, is mobile. And, and mm. to get on, on the ball and take advantage of these things, you do need to use your, your smartphone. And, uh, Bob, you talked about the um, uh, Charles Rainey McIntosh uh, site. This was in at the near the university, isn't it, Colin? No, no. So no, the, the one that Bob was at, Bob, that was the one at Bella Houston in the park, yeah, the House of an mm-hmm. Art Lover. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a building yeah, that was... Yeah, it's on the other side. Yeah. It was designed by Charles Rennie McIntosh, but not built during his lifetime. So it was built much more recently. Okay. Um, Let's talk so, about Charles Rennie McIntosh yeah. for a moment, because uh, a lot of people go to Glasgow for mm-hmm. this, uh, could you call it the Scottish Art Nouveau yeah. um, sort of uh, yeah. heartthrob among architects? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people love McIntosh. Yeah, so he was the turn of the century and Art Nouveau architect Everybody would go to the uh, art school, but it... it Tragically burned down. Well, yeah. So it had two fires. Uh, first one was 2014. That destroyed really the, the library, which was one of the highlights of the whole building. And then four years on, almost to the day, in 2018, had another bigger fire. So they're rebuilding really, it. It's quite, really a, quite a heroic yeah. effort to get the, the money to rebuild and then it burned yeah, again. Yeah, it's, it's, they have said they will rebuild it, but it's a bit of a controversial subject because some people feel that money should be spent in some of the poorer areas yeah. maybe of Glasgow. But 
I think they will rebuild it, multi-million pound. So Liz, uh, when you take a group or an individual to Glasgow to, with the interest in the architect Charles Rainey Macintosh, what are the top two or three Macintosh sites for you? Okay, well, absolutely, the Glasgow School of Art was the top building. In fact, it was known as the Macintosh Building, and critics around the world thought of it as one of the best buildings in the world. He's an iconic Scottish artist, and the library in particular was one of his best works, and so the students in Glasgow School of Art would give tours of the, the building. Nowadays, what they're working on so doing... So that's all gone. So that's we can't all do gone, that now. Exactly. So what, what remains if we're going to Glasgow now to, to uh, just get an appreciation of Macintosh? You have mo- you have buildings which were Macintosh designs, which are like um, the Lighthouse, which was the original Glasgow Herald building, um, Hill House, which is further outside Glasgow. But they're still working to try and get some legacy from his best work, the Glasgow mm-hmm. School of Art. So what they're looking at is um, 3D printing, and virtual reality, hmm. so that they're being able to give people a virtual tour of this magnificent library. And in fact, one of the lecturers who had worked in the library in his time, when he saw this virtual display, was actually in tears because he felt as if he was standing right that's, in the middle of the library. That's a beautiful thing. and It, it could be a, a hint of what's to come in, yeah. in a lot of ways. And Colin, uh, there, for me... The Willow, Willow Tea Rooms, I would say, is the, the, the best places room. you can go. It's easily accessible. It's in the city centre. It's on Sucky Hall Street. And they've just actually completed a, a renovation as well. So now it's back to pretty close to what it was like in Macintosh's time. And that's time. right in the it's, shopping district, it's the, the Willow, best I've ever seen Willow's Tea Rooms. The Willow Tea Rooms. But to be sure you're getting the right one, make sure you go to... Uh, it's actually now officially called Macintosh at the Willow because they had a trademark dispute over a couple of cafes that used the name Willow Tea Rooms. So, so make sure you're going to the right like one, Macintosh at the Willow. Bob, does that, uh, it sounds like there's a lot to see with dealing with Macintosh. Yeah, another place that uh, we went to that you haven't mentioned is the uh, Street School Museum. And uh, as a retired Scotland teacher, Street. that was pretty interesting to me, mm-hmm. uh, sharing the culture and also including the immigrant cultures that attended the school there as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. So much to see. Thanks for your call, Bob. Thank you. Our Blue Badge Certified Guides to Glasgow, Scotland are Cullen Mares and Liz Lister. Cullen leads summer group tours and customized whiskey tours of Scotland and Southern Hemisphere summer tours in New Zealand. Liz co-hosts a weekly podcast about Scotland called Scottish Blethers. You'll find links to our guests in the notes for each week's show on our website, ricksteves.com radio. Julie's calling from Lake Forest Park in Washington. Hi, Julie. Hi, Rick. How oh, are you? Great. What was that? What did you find unique about Glasgow? Oh, I just loved the street art. It was really unexpected. I had uh, I bookended a trip to the Isle of Mull with uh, two weekends in Glasgow, and my first morning, jet lagged. I took a walking tour, and we kept walking by all these fantastic murals. And so I, after the tour, uh, went and, and explored a little bit more on my own. And there are dozens of them, and there's a city center mural trail. And I was especially taken by uh, the work of an, an Australian artist who's living in Glasgow, and he goes by the um, the graffiti name of, of Smug, mm-hmm. and his, his real name is Sam Bates. But he has just fantastic murals all over the city. He has one on a car park that uh, if you can imagine, um, you know, the length of maybe, I don't know, 50 cars, and it's four seasons, and it's all these forest creatures and, and animals in all four seasons, and it's just beautiful. 
Cullen, I know you're enthusiastic about the street yeah. art. It's not we're not talking about tagging and graffiti no, here. We're talking about uh, serious yeah, art. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, so city sponsored um murals. So yeah, Smug Smug's a great one. S M U G. S M U G and uh, Rogue One is another one of the big ones. So how how would a works. tour uh, Julie mentioned you yeah. get a, a walking tour brochure yeah. from the tourist yeah, office. Yeah, you pick it up from the tourist office. It gives you the, the route to follow, and um, there's there's new ones all the time as well. There's Beautiful and, one of uh, St. Mungo, the, yeah. the patron saint of the city. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's showing, showing Mungo really as a, looks like a homeless person, and he's got a, a robin in his hand, and that's one of the legends of Mungo that he brought a robin back to life. Mungo's the patron saint of the city. I remember there's one where... Um, this girl's picking up a little tiny guy. Yeah, that's, that, that was smug. That's smug as well. Yeah, and it comes with a it's, kind of a of a of a smug message. <laughs> yeah, what tell so us the, the story about that? Uh, so, the, so she's actually on a building which uh, houses a strip club, and so you could interpret. I don't know if smug would agree with us or not, but you could interpret that she's maybe picking up a little man who's on his way. Into so the, or she's, or she's doing some other gesture with her hand, perhaps to the little tiny <laughs> men that go to, to the, the strip <laughs> to yeah. objectify the women yeah. of Glasgow. Yeah. And on her on her necklace, it says the name Smug as well. All oh, right, Billy Connolly. Just mention of him when we were talking about the Glasgow Pat earlier. Um, probably people are familiar with the comedian Billy uh, Connolly. They did a TV documentary of him going back to see his mural on the wall of it and uh, if you want to sort of familiarise yourself with Glasgow and its accent before you visit then watch some Billy Connolly but be prepared we've said that Glasgow is gritty <laughs> and Billy Connolly himself says that he uses profanity like comment, like commas to <laughs> like, punctuate like his, punctuation. Yeah. and his last in his name language, is Billy Connolly C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y that would be a good uh, a bit of uh, video well, to watch yeah. before yeah. you if you're go open, to Glasgow if you're open minded uh-huh. if you're, if you're uh, comfortable with different kinds of punctuation. Glasgow, <laughs> Glasgow humour is very, very gritty coming out of the shipyards. Other ones that you might want to watch still game and there is one which is absolutely superb if you're open-minded which is an American voice activated elevator <laughs> and it's two Glaswegians in a new lift or elevator and they're trying to get to the 11th floor <laughs> and the lift operation doesn't understand 11, 11. <laughs> There's so much fun we can have connecting and actually feeling like we're understanding a foreign language when we're actually speaking with people who speak English. Julie, thanks for your call. You're welcome, thank you. Okay, this is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking about Glasgow with two Scottish guides, Cullen Mares and Liz Lister. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. You can experience my favorite European people, places, and stories in my newest book, For the Love of Europe. Order your copy today at ricksteves.com.